Easter is an interesting thing to me. It's an interesting experience. It's an interesting day. As a, as a pastor and as a minister, I do a lot of services. And, and as I was thinking about this morning, I was thinking about the utter uniqueness of this day. Because this day, we don't celebrate the birth of someone for all people are born. This day, we don't even celebrate the death of someone because we all die. But today, we celebrate something extremely unique in history, and that is this, that God himself died man's death, that man might live God's life. And so today, we celebrate not Jesus' death. We don't celebrate Jesus' burial, but we celebrate the fact that Jesus died and, and was buried, but then he rose again three days later, effectively nullifying, completing, and utterly finishing the wrath of God toward man. And therefore, we can celebrate the life and the beauty and the joy that he gives us. Come on, somebody. So this morning, if you've got a Bible or a Bible application on your phone, you can go to John chapter 10. We're just going to read a little bit, and then we're going to... Uh, we'll. we'll Go back in and we'll sing some more, and then we'll go out and we'll find Easter eggs. Amen? Sound like fun? Kids, just bear with me, I promise. We'll get there. So John chapter 10, verse 7, and while you're going there, I'd like to pray. Holy Spirit, we we thank you. God, we thank you this morning for the opportunity and the privilege to come before you. God, I thank you for these that are here, these that have come, God, to, to celebrate with us. God, I thank you for those that came to find Easter eggs and they're angry right now because they're wondering why the heck am I in a church service? I got tricked. And Lord, we ask forgiveness for that. And we just pray that you would speak to us this morning. God, we come to you very boldly asking you to speak. I come to you very humbly asking that if it's possible, you speak through me this morning. Lord, that what we hear might not be the opinions of man. It might not be myth and legend and and just some historical fiction. But Lord, that we might hear the truth today. That we might be changed by it be redeemed by it, and be different as we leave this place than when we came in. We thank you, we praise you, and we celebrate you in Jesus' name. Can I get everybody to say amen? Amen. You're in John chapter 10, verse 7. Uh, John 10, 7. I'm reading out of the, if you have one of those fancy tablets or phones, I'm reading out of the English Standard Version, just so you can kind of follow along and you'll get lost in a thousand vines. This one doesn't have that, so... We're good. John chapter 10, verse 7. So Jesus again said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came, please hear this this morning. Somebody needs to hear this. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd, who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees, and the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. Now, I think it's kind of fitting that we're having this service in the theater here. Because a little backstory about me before I was a, a pastor, before I 
I did this kind of stuff when I was in high school. When I would have, if I would have lived in Spokane at the time, I would have been here in, uh, in this school. I, I would have spent a lot of time here. I was a drama nerd. Any other drama nerds in the house? Come on. I'm mostly alone. I'm pretty used to that. But whenever I read the Bible, because of my background and my history in the theater, my brain instantly reads it like a script. Anybody see the scriptures or read a book and you see them like a movie? You see them like a play? All right, well, follow along with me then. Here's, here's what we got. We got the characters, right? We ultimately have three lumps of characters. We've got, we've got the thieves, the thief, the robbers, and even the hired hands are really kind of, they're, they're, they're the trick character in this because you think they're with the good shepherd, right? Because they're hired hands. They're hanging out with the sheep. But then it comes out when, when, when the uh, stuff, can I say that in church? Stuff hits the fan. Uh, the, the hired hands are like, see ya, I'm out of here. That's good. You don't pay me enough. Come on. It's like when you work at McDonald's. If anybody else had the, the horrible experience of working for minimum wage, I remember working at Target. I used to work at Target out in the valley. And, uh, and one day, all the toilets in the men's restroom all flooded. And they said, here's a mop and here's a broom. Go, go, go clean them. And I went, you pay me $7 an hour. No. Come on, that's what the hired hands are doing. It's like, I don't get paid enough to eat, to, to fight a wolf. Come on, with the stick? No. What, are you crazy? No, I'm, I'm taking off. And they, they book it. And then you've got it diametrically opposed to these people who are, are the, 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 the wolves, the, the thieves, the robbers, and even the hired hands is the good shepherd. The good shepherd cares about the sheep. And then in the midst of all this, everything's kind of, kind of based around the sheep, right? But I want to make sure we catch something. The main point of this story is not the sheep. I'm going to say that again. The main point of this story is not the sheep, but rather the shepherd. That's why we titled this message this morning, The Good Shepherd, because I don't want to talk to you too much about sheep. I want to talk to you about the good shepherd. Now, sheep, though, just just so we all are on the same page and we understand it, I know there's kids in the room, so I'm going to use some big words. Sheep, maybe you know this, maybe you don't, are um, cognitively challenged. We don't use the S word for that in our house, so uh, they're silly, right? They're not the sharpest tool in the shed. They're not the brightest color in the rainbow. Sheep are really interesting. Sheep actually are so cognitively challenged. Catch this, kids. Sheep will eat the grass. They'll start eating grass, and they'll get so busy eating grass that they wander away from their herd and their their shepherd. They're, They're so led by their stomachs that they'll just keep eating grass and keep eating grass and keep eating grass, and sometimes they even fall off cliffs because they're eating grass and they forget to look up. Sheep are not the smartest. They're not really, you know, they're not the, the, the stars of the show usually. And sheep, sheep are interesting too. Sheep have like zero defense mechanisms. Ultimately, a sheep is a giant end of a Q-tip. It's a giant cotton ball that just looks like a great snack to anything strong enough to eat it. And we see in the story, that's what it says, like, the sheep, man, are just pulled at every side. They got people trying to steal from them. They got, they got hired hands trying to get something from them. They got thieves trying to kill them and steal from them and destroy them. And then, they, they, and then on top of that, they got wolves trying to kill them. And on top of all of that, they're cognitively challenged. Here's the part that I'm sad to tell you. In this great story, you are not the good shepherd. In this great story, here's good news. You are not the thief. In this great story, you, you are not a robber. You are not a hired hand. The sad but true fact is what Jesus is telling us here is we are all sheep. Let that hit you for a second. All that stuff I just said about the sheep, that's what Jesus was saying about you. 
Like, I thought Jesus was a nice guy. He is. Just keep following along with me here. So we've got, we've got the lay of the land now, right? And Jesus says this. He says, look, the good shepherd wants good for the sheep, wants to bless the sheep. I love this word, abundant life. Come on, I'm here to tell you that the good shepherd doesn't want to give you restricted life. He wants to give you an abundant life. The reason we, we call this morning Go Big is because that, that's what God wants to do for you in your life. Now we're going to see in a moment that maybe that go big, abundant life doesn't look the way that TV has told us. But anybody who's been around long enough knows that if you've tried the TV way, it doesn't work anyways. So let's keep reading real quick, and we're going to land this thing. How does God do this? How does Jesus accomplish this? How does the good shepherd do this? Verse 14, he says, I am the good shepherd. I am. Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. It's all about Jesus. If you hear nothing from me, from me this morning except for that, I will feel good about this morning. Life is all about Jesus. If you're interested in knowing anything about our church, we are all about Jesus. What's your hope for people? Jesus. What's your plan for the city? Jesus. What's your vision for the next 10 years? Jesus. What's my hope for my wife and my three beautiful children? Jesus. It's all about Okay, six of you are on top of that. It's all about Jesus. Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. I know my own, and my own know me, just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. The cost of your abundant life, the price that was paid for you and for me to have this abundant life, that Jesus, our good shepherd, longs for us to have was free to you and me, but it came at a great price to the Father because God didn't give us his leftovers. God didn't give his second best. God didn't give some scraps. He didn't send an errand boy out to do it. The scriptures tell us very clearly that God himself came in the form of a man, Jesus Christ, died man's death, and lived again, raised on the third day, so that man might live God's life. Listen to me. We are all sheep, and we are all lost. We have all sinned. I know that's not a popular word in our culture, but we use it in this church, so you're going to come back and hang out with us, get used to it. Sin. We've all sinned. We've sinned by doing several things. We've sinned by doing wrong that we know we shouldn't. We, we, we do things that we know we ought not. But then the Bible also tells us this, that we, we've sinned by not doing the good that we know we should. And Jesus came and said, look, that sin separates you from me. That sin, please hear me, nullifies your ability to live the good life. The thing that makes the stuff they sell on TV not work is because ultimately sin has corrupted everything. And like sheep, we've wandered off. Like sheep, we've gone astray. But Jesus came and died and paid for your sins. He's paid for your mistakes. He's paid for that thing, listen to me somebody, that keeps you up in the middle of the night that you regret and wish you'd never done. Jesus died for that. You say, you don't know what it is. You're right, I don't, but he does. And his word tells me he died for it. You say, there's no way I could be forgiven of that. Guess what? You can. Not because I say so. Come on. Not because uh, some religion says so, but because Jesus says so. So I'm going to ask everybody to stand to your feet. 
And I'm going to read you one more passage of scripture, and then we're going to sing some more songs to Jesus. This is in now in the Gospel of Luke, chapter uh, 15. Jesus is going to tell us how these sheep get rescued. How does the abundant life come to these lost and wandering sheep? He says this. So he, that's, this is Jesus again. He told them this parable. What man of you having a hundred sheep, if he's lost one of them, does not leave the 99 in the open country and go after the one that is lost until he finds it? And when he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders rejoicing. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and his neighbors saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep that was lost. My question to you this morning is not, do you want to accept Jesus? My question to you this morning lies in a far deeper place than that. My question to you is this, as I've been telling you about the Good Shepherd, as I've explained to you, as you've heard the gospel presented to you, as you've heard the the good news that, you know what, you're lost, yes, but the good news is you can be found. My, My news to you this morning is not that you can find Jesus. My news to you is just what Jesus said here. You're the lost sheep. Jesus is looking for you. My question to you this morning is this. Has God done such a work in your heart that something's pulling on you right now? Because the rest of you, I love you and your day will come, but maybe this morning isn't it. And I know that's not something popular here in church, but it's the truth. I'm only interested in those that God's working in your heart right now. And the rest of you may be offended by this, but I don't know if there's, if there's one of you here, this is worth saying. How does it work? How do I get found? How do I get, how, how, does, how does the good shepherd find me and put me on his shoulders and carry me back to his home, back to his flock? He does it by working in your heart. Your response now to his working in your heart is quite simple. Repent, believe, and confess. Repentance is simple. It means changing your mind, changing the way you think, asking God to change the way you think. You thought before like a sheep that wanted to wander off, a sheep that wanted its own way. And what God's challenging you today is this. Will you think like a sheep of mine? Will you be my sheep? Will you know my voice? Will you listen to my voice, my word, my leading? Repentance is the path that gets you there. Believe. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Don't believe in your own works, your own efforts. Listen to me. No work you do, no church attendance, no religious thing, no no good works, no crystals, no gems, no jewels, no chants, no mantras are going to make up for your sin and your lack of ability to come to God. You get it free because of what Jesus paid for you. Believe upon him, trust in him, and then confess. Start telling people about it. If you believe in your heart, confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. You will be saved. That's the good news. That's the response. That's our hope. Listen, every other religion comes and looks at a lost sheep and says, wow, you should really find your way back to the shepherd. Wear this crystal around your neck. It'll help. Pray this prayer. Maybe it'll make you feel better. I'm going to be honest with you. I tried most, if not all, of those things, and I was still just as lost. But I'm so grateful, thankful, and humbled by the fact that Jesus himself didn't wait for me to grow smart enough and evolve to a high enough level to wander my way back to the flock. Jesus came and found me, picked up my broken, busted, disgusted butt, and brought me back to his family. And I am so thankful for that, and my prayer and my hope is that he's working in your heart that you might be a part as well. Listen to me. You're probably expecting, if you've ever been around this, that we're going to call you forward now. God's working in your heart. I have no interest in that. This guy's weird. 
I'm not just talking about how funny he looks. Those weird red pants. Why is he still talking like this? Here's what I'm interested in. A genuine life transformation for you. I'm interested in, in you coming back to the flock, back to the family of God. Not joining religion, not finding some new kind of pathway. I'm interested in you being found by Jesus and being found in his body. If God's working in your heart, repent, believe, confess. Let somebody know. You see people with, with these gray hipster v-necks on that say Sozo Church on them, or they have a name tag that says Sozo Church. How can I help you? Talk to them. Come talk to me after the service. I'd love to meet you and pray with you and, 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 and help you in your, in your journey and your path in any way that I can. But for now, my time is up, and I pray God is working in your heart. So if I can, I'd like to pray for us one more time, and then we're going to sing some songs about what Jesus has done for us, and then we're going to go find an egg filled with an iPad mini. All right, let's, let's pray. Holy Spirit, we thank you again this morning, and I, I pray specifically right now for those that you're working in their heart, for those that you are, are moving and, and working in, God, I ask that you would speak to them and stir them. Don't allow them to try to get away with just some religious response, but let them respond to you. God, do a work in their heart that no one else could do, that could never be mistaken for anything other than you. That you might receive the glory, that you might be exalted, that you might be magnified, that you might be glorified. Jesus, it is all about you. And we celebrate that and rejoice in that. 